Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick, and this is World Footprints. One other quality I'm really thankful that traveling helped me cultivate is my voice, truly, of being open. I used to be very, very shy, and this is within my birth chart, but I used to not talk and be very shy. And my first couple of travel experiences, like I went to Nicaragua when I was in high school, and I didn't really talk to people that were from there. I just kind of stuck to my cohort until the very end because I was so shy and I was I didn't know what exactly to say. But for my travels from on there, I make it a point to get out of my comfort zone to start conversations because that is truly the richness that is traveling is having conversations with people. So getting out of my own shyness and my own head and just being open to connect with people is a huge gift that traveling has given me. That's Haley Comet, an intuitive astrologer from San Diego. She specializes in transpersonal astrology, believing we should use the power of free will to co-create our dream lives in harmony with the energy that plays out within our birth charts Haley will show us how we can follow the stars to plan our future travels. Haley believes that each and every person on this planet is a divine miracle and that we each have a unique brand of magic based on our individual birth charts. She combines Western astrology and positive psychology to leave individuals empowered to own who they are, celebrate what they do, and stay committed to what they can provide this world. And that's why we hope Haley can uplift you during these challenging times and inspire you to grow, perhaps through travel in the future, with something known as astrogeography. Here's our conversation with Haley Comet. Haley, thank you so much for joining World Footprints today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We are too, and um, for a number of reasons, but I, I want to ask you, is Haley Comet your real name? <laughs> so Haley is. Haley is. I was named after the Comet. So it's not spelled exactly the same. The real Haley's Comet has two L's, but I was named after the Comet. So it felt like being an astrologer for many reasons. Astrology was something that found me when I was very young. But one of the hints to me was like, oh my gosh, I was named after a comet. There were all of these signals when I was younger that I need to like get into this. So yeah, it just fit that it was Haley Comet Astrology. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to clear because I thought, you know, how ingenious your parents were, you know, if your surname was really Comet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to ask, is it true that you can actually find your compatible country? I I refer to it as your soul country, you know, that country that just really connects with you. But it, is it true that you can find that compatibility based on your astrological sign? First of all, I love that verbiage, soul country. That really speaks to me. But um, one thing I would love to illuminate on this topic is this whole branch of astrology called astrogeography, also known as astrocartography. And what that does is it overlays your personal natal chart with a world map and what it'll look like. And in case anyone's listening wants to find theirs, you can always find it online um, at astro.com or anything of the nature. And what it looks like are planetary lines that are over the world map. 
and they'll fall over certain countries or certain even cities and traveling to those places can activate that energy. Now, there are certain lines and you can travel to certain places to activate that. Like, for example, let's say your sun line, and this will vary for everyone. It's based on your astrology. Let's say your sun line falls right in Portugal. That would be, since sun in astrology is the planet of ego, identity, fame, creativity, that would be a good place to travel to if you were, you know, promoting something. If you were on a book tour, you had to promote Mm. your podcast, something that's very known. Mm. Whereas let's say I want to plan my honeymoon. I would want to travel around where my Venus line is because that's love, beauty, romance. So it really... It depends on what sort of energy that you're activating. And when you look at yours, you might find, like in my case, what I identify with as my soul country has a ton of different lines intersecting. And when I tell you, right when I landed there, I felt it. It was like I had drank like 12 cups of coffee, even though I was like jet lagged. I just felt so energized and inspired. And I actually didn't find out that I had such energy there till later. So I think looking at that will help you find your soul country. Um, Other astrologers may use different modalities. That's what I utilize and has been the most true for my life. Two questions. When you talk about natal line, is that the time that you're born? Yes. So it'll vary. And to find it out, you'll need an exact time of birth. And what it'll do is it basically has the planetary overlays of where everything was at your time of birth over a world map. So it really varies by the minute. So if you were born like an hour later, you won't have the exact same interlays Um, and you can always it used to be a very very complicated process now we have software systems that make it much easier but it's basically places over the world map based on your natal chart that you could have more activation in and you mentioned your soul country where is that greece oh my gosh greece is so amazing and just in so many ways it's been so um, magical. So the first time I had traveled there um, was in my undergrad and I went to study creative writing and we hadn't been informed prior who the professor was going to be. So imagine my surprise when we sit down and it was George Crane, who was someone whose writing and poetry I've admired for years. And it was the most synchronistic thing that I got to learn from him. I It was in awe. And it's like a gift that keeps giving because not only is your, you know, your soul country or for astrology where your planetary lines are, not only is it active when you go there, but it's also like, you know, people who are from there. Like I work for a company um, called Nui app. It's an astrology app, which is founded in Greece. All of my coworkers are Greek. Um, I really like a lot of different people have been from there that I really connect to. And I feel that same energizing feeling that I felt when I was there, when I correspond with them, I feel like I really um, like connect with a lot of individuals who are from Greece. And that was like one of the reasons when I had found the app, I reached out to them because I saw they were founded in Greece and it just felt like a little like soul confirmation, like reach out, like you love Greece, mention how much you love Greece. So it, uh, and it just really spoke to my soul, just being, around all of the water and there's so much history and of course you know astrology has such a rich history in Greece and this is when I was really getting into astrology so it was just absolutely beautiful what is your soul country I'm curious oh we have a couple actually I I say we because 
we, you know, we travel <laughs> together. <laughs> I will tell you intuitively, I feel Greece is going to do something to me. I've not, we've not been to Greece, mm-hmm. but I do, intuitively, I feel like Greece is, is, is going to be very impactful, but we love, love, love Brazil and Portugal. So there's something about the Portuguese culture that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Question for you in terms of this astrogeography and kind of traditional zodiac signs. When we look at those within the four elements, give us a better understanding as to how those things interact and interplay and determine uh, some of these places uh, that are best suited for us on an individual basis. So there are four elements in each sign, obviously falls into an element, and we'll talk about what each element governs, so what sort of traveling experiences they'll be most drawn to. So I'll begin with fire signs, which is Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. So fire is the element of passion, of motivation, of kind of that raw and kinetic energy. So fire signs are going to be drawn to traveling experiences that allow them to be very active. Um, So when I was thinking of just potential places I, you know, fire signs could travel to, I was thinking of like hiking Machu Picchu or like backpacking through Nicaragua, just something that's very active that kind of um, think of, you know, if you think about the quality of fire, like it just, Burns. It's about inspiration and just passion. So sort of traveling experiences that will allow them to be very active, um, to feel like they're exploring or that they're, you know, trekking a new territory. Um, having that adventurous spirit would be really beneficial for the fire signs. And then for my earth signs, that's, that is my grounded Tauruses, my Virgos and Capricorns. Earth is the element that governs our physical body, um, our physical connection to the planet. So nature, it governs anything that we can see and touch and see and smell. I think I said see twice, but (laughs) all of the senses, Earth is our physical connection to the planet. So Earth signs may be really drawn to places where there's just stunning scenery, where they can truly connect to Earth. Like what comes to mind is like the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland, like mm-hmm. really, really green, like spent or Iceland, like somewhere that the nature just really, really speaks to them. Or um, since, you know, Earth also governs food, perhaps places where they could try different foods or be around, you know, try different cultures, foods, or like be around the preparation or perhaps learn how to make a dish would be something that could speak to the Earth senses, sensibilities. And then my air signs, that is Gemini's, Libra's, and Sagittarius. So air, I always think of it, if we were all in a room, which we are not because everyone's currently social distancing, but air is the one thing we all share. We're all breathing in and out the same air. So air is our ability to connect with other individuals. So it governs thought, intellect, and communication. So air signs might be more drawn to traveling to places based on kind of like curiosity or to learn something new if they wanted to learn a language or perhaps um, like 
practice the language that they've learned with other individuals, or if they wanted to, you know, write about, like they're like a blogger of some sort, or they want to write about it. There's a mental stimulation that air signs are looking for. So they might be drawn to places that have history that really, really entices them or interests them, or if they're you know, studying a language and want to practice it. And then water signs, and I don't know if I, oh, I think I did, okay. And then water signs are Cancers, Scorpios, and Pisces. And water is everything in life that we cannot see, but it's very real. So things like emotion, intuition, psychic ability, just feeling connected to something. And water is also associated with art. So my water signs might be really drawn to perhaps somewhere that they just feel intuitively inspired to go to, like you with Greece, um, or somewhere where they love the art that has came out from there. Um, so perhaps somewhere like Paris, where you know a lot of your you know favorite writers could have wrote something that you really adore, or a very romantic, because water is about feeling. So drawn to places that just make you feel that sense of romance or that sense of ethereal nature. So water signs could do well in places that are a little bit more romantic or more artistic or have lots of artistic experiences for them to enjoy. That actually explains why I am the way I am. I'm actually a Virgo with Libra risings. And so, you know, when you're talking about, um, the earth uh, um, places for earth babies. I'll just call myself an earth baby. Um, yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, it's spot on. And then you started talking about the water and I am a water baby, very creative, very artistic. That's what I'm drawn to. Um, love the cultures, love connecting cultures. And, and so like, you know, I thought, oh, Okay, now I, you know, I'm not um, schizophrenic. <laughs> it's just there. There's a method. There's a method to my madness, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, but and so when you have signs that you know have these other risings, like you know, for me, Virgo. Um, my husband's a Gemini. I don't know what his risings are. I mean, I have I have a friend who did my chart. How does that help somebody with their planning? If somebody, you know, particularly now, it, we're not traveling right now. People are going to be getting back out, I hope, very, very soon. We've been cheated out of traveling for so long. How can people go about planning and researching a place that will kind of feed their soul after this mandatory pause that we've all lived through. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend in this period of planning, and of course, you know, you're concerned with planning. Virgos like to have a plan in place. If you travel with a Sagittarius, they might be like, I don't know, let's figure it out when we get there. But if you are kind of like looking forward to traveling and want to kind of research, I definitely recommend look at your lines. Um, that was what I was speaking of earlier, the astrogeography. And it might seem a little complicated when you pull it up, but really ask yourself, like, what am I hoping to gain from my travels? Um, and then looking at the line that corresponds with it. Like, for example, I shared my experience with Greece and how that's where I learned to write. And I, you know, got to connect with this writer whose work I'd admired for many years. It was right on my Mercury line. And I didn't even plan that, but that's just how it, <laughs> it worked out. And Mercury is about 
should mention Mercury is about communication, writing, words, and you too, because you're a Gemini and you're a Virgo, um, the two of you are both ruled by Mercury, just so you know. So <laughs> it's cool that you guys have this project that governs with words and with the traveling. Um, but anyways, looking at the lines, and you can always see with the lines, there'll be a symbol, and then you'll just look with that symbol, what the planet, that symbol, corresponds to. So if you're looking for something, let's say you want to write a book, like you want to travel because you want some new kind of stimuli in your brain to write a book, I would look to the Mercury line. I spoke on sun earlier, anything involving fame. Um, moon, if you're looking for, if you're feeling like if you're going through something emotional, moon is the planet or celestial body, I should say, of emotions and of nurturing. So if you're in a space where you are looking for a new experience to kind of emotionally cleanse or revitalize yourself, look where your personal moon line is. The Mars line is good if you need a burst of confidence, energy, revitalization. Jupiter line is good for abundance, expansion, new experiences. So if anything, it just gives you inspiration. Like I really want to go to New Zealand because my Jupiter line is right on. And then I looked up pictures in New Zealand. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. So it really is a good way to like give some inspiration to it. Um, another way that you can kind of call in. So of course I keep talking about Greece, but it's because I just love it and I feel so connected to it. But um, I obviously can't travel to Greece at this time. And I loved the version of myself that I was when I was there. And I wanted to kind of call in that energy here in quarantine. So when you're in Greece, there's bourguignons everywhere. And they're pretty common here in Southern California as well, but I didn't have one close to me in my home. So my boyfriend actually put a trellis um, with pink bourguignons on my balcony. So I look at them and, you know, it's a, such a small thing, but it just reminds me of Greece because they were everywhere. Um, or there's different ways. Just if you want to call in the energy of that country or that place, you can always just integrate perhaps like inspirational photos that you took there if you'd already traveled there or photos that you found like place them around your home to kind of bring in that energy into your life and with the astrogeography activate you know for me since my mercury was right on it um activate that energy of uh, wordiness and learning so that's just that's just a couple ways this is the award-winning world footprints podcast with ian and tanya fitzpatrick World Footprints connects you to the world through powerful storytelling that uncovers the full narrative of our cultural and human experiences. Travel deeper by visiting our website, worldfootprints.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter and receive a special gift we have just for subscribers. Here's more of our conversation with transpersonal astrologer Haley Comet. Curious here as, as you've been discussing this with us, Chinese astrology, which brings in animals. I'm curious what what the animals might tell us about some of the places that are most compatible or inhospitable to our particular zodiac sign, so to speak. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And I would love I would love to know more. I 
Um, so I'm a Western astrologer. So there's a couple different branches of astrology. There's Vedic astrology, which originated in India. There's Western astrology and there's Chinese astrology. And so I'm more well-versed in the Western astrology. I, on my most recent astrology conference, I went to a couple Chinese astrology lectures because I'm so fascinated. And I, once I read about my animals, interested to learn more. One of them, I do remember it was mentioned that you can look to the year that the country or city was created to get compatibility between, let's say like I'm a dog and I wanna travel to, uh, let's say Nicaragua and Nicaragua is a dragon. Like looking at the compatibility of those two is a good way, but I unfortunately don't have expertise in that quite yet, but you never know, maybe I'll learn. <laughs> it's a, it's a interesting travel planning tool or relocation tool. <laughs> One might want to consider. You know. I think that's that's a whole new revenue possi <laughs> possibility here. <laughs> oh my gosh! How how did you get involved with astrology? I mean, what what drew you to to this study? I was named after a comet. <laughs> my mom wasn't really into astrology, but I was born at the peak of the full moon. So the the full moon at the night I was born peaked at 611. I was born at 611. And my name was meant to be Shelby. But then when my mom, the midwife told my mom, like, it's a full moon. Like, look, she's going to be born at the peak of it. My mom was like, huh, that's unusual. So she wanted to name me something a little more celestial just to honor that I came in at the peak of the full moon. So that was a story that had been told to me. And I thought that was interesting. And I was like, what could that mean? That was born during the full moon. Maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's something. Maybe I should discover. And I remember being as young as eight, cutting out horoscopes from the newspaper to bring to my friends at recess. And there was this computer game I was into that was about astrology. Like when I look back, I just notice all of these little signs that there was something there. And a lot of me getting into astrology has just been unlearning and going back to that really pure version of myself. Like I feel like so often as children, we've got it all figured out. And then as we get older, it gets more and more complicated. But then I kind of lost touch with it for a while because it was considered weird. It's a lot more mainstream now, which makes me really happy. But what, even when I was younger and I'm not, I'm not that old, but when I was younger, it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as mainstream. It was considered really weird. So I kind of squelched that part of myself. And then I got more into it in high school. And then I always say in college, I, <laughs> I minored in astrology because I would do people's charts to afford money to like eat and for alcohol, and just college things. Um, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so that allowed me to refine my skills. And as soon as I found out you could be an astrologer, I was like, I'm going to do that. Are you kidding? That is so cool. Like, I didn't know you could really do that. So it's been amazing. I feel so blessed that it chose me at such a young age and I've been able to cultivate it because I'm really passionate about it. Yeah. Now, what, what was the website that you mentioned again, Haley, where you can track your birth time with planets? So it's astro.com. So A-S-T-R-O.com and it'll be astro click travel. And it's going to look like a lot. You're going to see all of these lines, but just break it down. Notice where on the world map has a lot of energy and just consider it. Look into it. See if, look at the picture. See if it calls to you. Look at the symbol of the planet. It'll be at the end of the line. Look at which planet that symbol rules. And if you want to 
call in that sort of energy. I will also say places where there's not a lot can also be such a blessing. Like if you want to go somewhere where you just want to relax and revitalize, I wouldn't go somewhere that has a lot of lines on it. Cause it's going to, like I said, in Greece, I felt like I was like drinking coffee the entire time. So I know I couldn't personally live in Greece because there was just so much energy and it was really hard to relax, even though it, it, it is a very like lovely laid back country. Me, myself, I was just super energized. So even if there's not a lot of lines, it depends on what you are looking for. So if you need, your soul just needs to relax and recuperate. Also consider places that don't have that many lines in it. But yeah, look at the planet, see if you want to call that in and it goes on from there. Okay. As we finish, I have two last questions for you. The first one is, I know you talked about Greece being your your soul country. When we travel, we're transformed. We learn a lot about ourselves. And so whether it's Greece or elsewhere, what have you learned about yourself through your travels? Hmm. Traveling made me connect to my strength and self-sufficiency, truly, because traveling, no matter how much I have, I have a lot of Virgo in my chart too. I have a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising. So there is definitely part of my personality that I want to plan things and I want to have it all figured out and have an itinerary. But the most beautiful experiences, the people that I've met that have really just left the most like poignant mark on my soul has been in those moments where things didn't go according to plan and being okay with that. Um, just be like, just seeing the beauty and what it is rather than what I thought it was going to be has been a huge lesson and traveling by myself um, during that trip that I spoke of. But the earlier part of it, I was in Ireland and I was in the situation where I was terribly lost, obviously didn't have a phone, didn't have any money. The bank had closed down my car, just all of these silly mistakes that obviously now I would avoid. But at the time it was what it was. And I was like, how am I going to get out of it? But you have to get out of it in those circumstances. And I'm thankful, obviously nothing, nothing horrible happened. It all worked out. And I had a moment of like, just crying on the street, just being like, Oh, why me? I have no money and I'm so lost. And then I was like, no, get it together. Use common sense, reorient yourself. Don't pity yourself and figure it out. And from there on it really, that experience, although it was short and it was just one evening of being lost the entire night, <laughs> not the best, but it really gave me this sense of, I can figure this out. I'm not going to pity myself or just cry and hope people will help me. And that was definitely a mindset I needed to get out of in my youth of just thinking that I was weaker and that other people would always be there to help me. And I think traveling really helped me connect to my own common sense and my ability to figure things out and be self-sufficient. And so I really admire that. And one other quality I'm really thankful that traveling helped me cultivate is my voice truly of being open. I used to be very, very shy. And this is within my birth chart, but I used to not talk and be very shy. And my first couple of travel experiences, like I went to Nicaragua when I was in high school and I didn't really talk to people that were from there. I just kind of stuck to my cohort until the very end. Cause I was so shy and I was, I didn't know what exactly to say, but for my travels from on there, I make it a point to get out of my comfort zone to start conversations because that is truly the richness 
that is traveling is having conversations with people. So getting out of my own shyness and my own head and just being open to connect with people is a huge gift that traveling has given me. Mm-hmm. So last question, if you could choose anyone to sit next to on a long haul flight, past or present, who might that be and why? <gasps> oh my goodness. Wow. Hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think. I'm uh, there's like there's so many names that come to mind. Um, I think I I'm you know I'm a writer. I'm a reader, and the ones that keep coming to mind and the ones that feel the most just true to me in terms of like questions I would ask them and like experiences that I would want to have like on that plane ride of connecting with someone for so long. I would definitely say this is going to seem really like, I don't know, one dimensional, I suppose, but just right now I'm rereading all of her like journals and books. So I think that's why like her name keeps coming to mind, but I'm just going to go ahead and say Sylvia Plath. So I feel really connected to her because our charts are really similar. I read a lot of memoirs and then compare their charts just to get, it kind of helped me be a better astrologer. And I'm rereading her journals now, which is probably why she's so on the tip of my brain, but there's just so many questions that I would ask her. I mean, I've, when you read someone's journals, you get all these inner workings of their mind. And I just feel like that would be a fascinating plane ride, but that would probably, if you asked me next week, that would probably differ. I think I just, I've been reading her. So that's probably (laughs) on my mind. (laughs) You know, there's no, uh, no wrong answer at all. And, And a couple of people have shared two, three, four. And I said, okay, just pretend it's a private jet then. Who would you want to occupy this private jet to the, um, you know, for a 17 hour flight? (laughs) So, (laughs) and that would be another conversation, I'm sure. Yes, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, well, Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. This was wonderful and really love to have you back and maybe even go over like specific um, get a little bit more specific with um, with the the signs and absolutely yeah because we discovered we discussed the elements but then again like, every sign has its own you know distinct energy so absolutely if we have enough want to have a different conversation like Aquarius the innovator they would probably be drawn to somewhere like Tokyo that's very you know innovative and always on the next thing so yeah absolutely do you want to have me back and we can have that conversation I would love that <laughs> yes. yeah actually I, I was gonna actually go through all of the signs um initially and then I thought well maybe you know we'll, we'll just clump it into the um the elements but this was this was fantastic oh, yay. so we will do that again seriously we'll go through each sign Just in case our audience missed the initial conversation with Haley, I want to clarify for them, Comet is not her last name. I don't know what her real surname is, but it is not Comet. This is a very unique and interesting interview we've done, dear. This is kind of the first of a a kind for us to talk about you know, astrology and how astrology may help you find your soul country or country you should visit or country that would be most compatible to you. And 
I found it very interesting that her sole country is Greece. And I know she, she liked that term <laughs> that I gave her. So we may hear that uh, more as, uh, as, you know, people continue listening to World Footprints. You know, and the identification of our one of our sole countries. And I think you can have more than one sole country. You definitely can have more than one sole country. And I took up Haley on her suggestion to take a look at these lines to see what places were most powerful based on these lines. And interestingly enough, Iceland came up when I looked at my Uh, chart. Okay. Portugal came up. Really? Brazil came up. Which are our sole countries. France came up. So did Canada. And so what was interesting about it is that these places that we've talked about, and let me not forget South Africa. Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) a lot of these places, needless to say, do have some basis in what Haley was talking about. And so for whatever it's worth, it's interesting to think about the places we've traveled, the places we've been, the places that have resonated with us. And I was even struck by the fact that The line that went over North America crossed right over Chicago and went right over what I would call Minneapolis-St. Paul. And so I've asked myself, why are these places the places that I've liked? And even there's a line that goes right over the San Francisco Bay Area, and I always have enjoyed that area of the country as well. So, so you, there's something there's something I think this. that there is something to it. So. I haven't looked at mine because I don't know the time of day that I was born and I can't find my birth certificate. Mm. So, you do know the time. I do. I okay. do and it was very interesting and needless to say that line does not pass over Washington DC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't for me either, which no. is why we will not be here too much longer. Um, But we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this show. It was really entertaining, really, really interesting. Ian just shared something with me that I didn't know. I didn't know that you looked at your your lines and your identified your uh, soul countries, which are countries that we've already identified, oddly enough. So in closing, we'd like to leave you with these words from LaBelle Drachman. Blessed are the curious, for they shall have adventures. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're so honored that you chose to take this adventure with us. Thank you for spending this time and allowing us to connect you to the world through the stories we share on World Footprints. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints, LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide, including iHeartRadio, Public Radio Exchange, iTunes, and Stitcher. Connect with the world one story at a time with World Footprints. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and explore hundreds of articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio including worldfootprints.com and this podcast.